Welcome to the Harnessing Happiness podcast. Upbeat vibes generated and transferred to you. Now here's your host, Sarah J. Naylor. Hello and welcome to Harnessing Happiness with myself, Sarah J. Naylor. Thank you so much as always for stopping by and tuning into my podcast. It's great to know you're all out there listening. Just recently, I've hit 100 podcast episodes and it suddenly struck me that, you know, there's an awful lot of podcasts out there with sponsorship, but I actually sponsor my own. (laughs) So I just thought I'd tell you a little bit about me just to start the show off. So yeah, I'm Sarah J. Naylor and I am the midlife coach and I focus in on things like mindset, confidence, happiness, relationships and careers because that's all the stuff that I know about. So if you ever need to get in touch with anybody about that, give me a shout at sarahjnaylor.com or drop me a line. So that's me sponsoring my own show. (laughs) So over now, of course, to my guest. Over to you, Mike. Please do introduce yourself to my awesome listeners. Hello, awesome listeners. My name is Mike, Mike Walton, and I'm absolutely delighted to be Sarah's guest today and to be able to uh, talk to you all and hopefully give you a little bit of an insight into uh, me and what I do uh, and what I have to offer. And what is that? What do you offer? Do tell my audience more, because obviously I've just given a little insight about me to them very shortly, but let's let's dig into what you do um, and really how you got to doing what you do and how that has enhanced your life and um, how it enhances that the lives of others. Gosh, lots of questions there. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, what do I do? I have a brand which is called Fix Your Mind. The clue is in the title. I help people fix their mind. Occasionally, I I, I say to people who ask me what I do, I say I'm an emotional baggage handler. And by that, I mean I help people get rid of negative emotions such as anger, sadness, fear, hurt and guilt. Or I look at their limiting beliefs that they have, things about their own self-esteem, their beliefs that they're perhaps not good enough or they'll never make enough money or they can't hold down a relationship or they, they can't have their own business. Um, So those are the two key areas that I work with. But I also work with hypnosis. I'm a master hypnotist, and I sometimes use hypnotherapy in the traditional way, helping people with weight loss, stop smoking, phobias, fears, those types of things. Um, I also fit virtual gastric bands for people that are overweight using hypnosis, which is really, really interesting. I am a certified trainer of neuro-linguistic programming, NLP, and I do also use occasionally something called thought field therapy, which is that tapping thing that Paul McKenna does on television. Yes, 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 EFT. Mind you, he's very much into havening now as well, but yeah, EFT, TFT is amazing, yeah. So you've got an incredible array of tools in your toolbox but it's so much, it's, it's down to the mind and it's energy and things that block the body. And it's just, I mean, I suppose in many respects, we, we do very similar things, but obviously with different sets of tools. And yeah, you know, you've got your specialisms and, and everybody works in different ways, don't they? Because we've all got different internal drivers and experiences of the world and, you know, and how we relate to people. Because obviously when you're working with somebody like a coach or a therapist or anybody like that, you've kind of got to have that, you've got to have that connection for it to work. Because if you've got somebody coming in to work with you that, oh, it's not going to work, oh, I don't get on, it's just the energy's all wrong. You've got to connect, haven't you, with your client? Connecting with people is something I'm very strong with, actually. Uh, a lot of that's through my Uh, experience with NLP and and I'm very good at establishing instant rapport with people which hopefully you detected at our first meeting. 
Oh, no, it's taken ages to get on with you, Mike. <laughs> but also my background prior to getting involved with these um, uh, interventions that I use now, I spent 30-odd years in blue-chip companies with a sales back, sales and senior management background. So I'm, you know, I'm very used to working with people, working in teams, and, and generally actually enjoying being with people. That's one of the things that makes me so happy, to be honest. You know, I just love being with people. I know. So I think, so you're obviously a natural extrovert like, like I am, although I have, I think I have from time to time, so, you know, I do like to actually be on my own. I like to get, get my head down and get on with stuff. In fact, you know, I've, I've my background's been recruitment, you know, and that's all people, very people driven, you know, but equally so, I just like, just go away. I just need to get the head down. Off to focus. Yeah, well, absolutely. And I think, you know, there are times when I actually want to be on my own and, and, and probably I'm at my most productive when I'm on my own in terms of perhaps I'm looking to do something new, something different. So I'll, I'll disappear for 10, 12, 14, 15 miles walking and have wonderful conversations with myself and they're probably the best best I get because I don't argue and uh, I find them the most effective. Yeah, well, I think the thing is, what you've just said, though, is, is taking that time away from all that sort of those distractions. And we know this from the, sort of the coaching world. When you're going into a client, with a, working with a client, you don't want any distractions. You don't want phones on. You don't want any distractions. You need to be in a sort of a, a space. And likewise, when you're having, that, as you say, those conversations with yourself and you're exploring that stuff, when you go out into nature, you haven't got any interruptions. One of the times I, I really like is when I go open water swimming. You well, know, it's good. It's, I mean, you nicer. know, a lot of good things you get from grounding, of course, as well, and, and open water swimming or wild, wild water swimming or whatever you call it, what, how to label it is, is very good. But, you know, we were talking earlier on about energy and quantum physics tells us that actually all we are is energy. And, and I absolutely feel energy from people and, and I can share energy with people at times. People who are have similar energy vibes to me, then I can feel an exchange of energy. And that's a wonderful feeling. No, absolutely. I mean, I trained in terms of um, doing my Reiki and I've done a lot of stuff energetically. I've done some shamanic stuff. I've experienced all sorts of things, but you can really feel it. But it is, we are all energy and it's how it, it transmits. And once you become aware of this, and this is what obviously, you, you know, you've been talking well, I'll, about. I'll tell you something clients. else now that I didn't mention before. Something else that I, uh, I did twice, two, two day courses each was something called quantum touch, which is energy healing. And, and you simply use your own body to help people overcome pain or discomfort. You don't actually touch them. You hold your hands just above them. And you make, you make to generate your own energy, you make humming noises. Mm, that sort of thing. Uh, and so that just exemplifies the power of, of energy that we can create ourselves. Oh, absolutely. No, I mean, we say when you do Reiki, when you become attuned with Reiki and you sort of draw in that, you ground yourself and you, you, you know, you protect yourself and you work with energy, you, you know, you can really, you can feel that, you can work with it. You, and they say again with, with, we mentioned Paul McKenna and the havening. I mean, I've seen Paul McKenna demonstrate havening um, a couple of times and I've seen other people demonstrate it actually you know in in person not just sort of on digital or anything like that you know and it's it's powerful stuff because as you say we are energy and it, it once people understand that and that's why energy gets blocked which is where you come into your hypnosis and you relax the subconscious because a lot of people go oh because they get that, that whole sort of look into my eyes look into my eyes oh you're going to be a kangaroo no, and it's not it's not that at all unfortunately it got a lot of bad press didn't it from all the 
But when you when you understand the power of the subconscious, you know, and we're not our behavior and you can you can change that. And that 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 relaxation, when you go into it with hypnotherapy, you are you are completely in the room and aware, but you've just been relaxed down. Yeah, I mean, everything I do, the common denominator is the unconscious mind. Uh, regrettably, the stage hypnotists haven't in the past done hypnosis a lot of favours. And I do stage hypnosis as well if people want me to do it. Sometimes people believe that the hypnotist is making them do something. They're making them cluck like chickens or whatever, which is actually completely incorrect. All they're doing is looking for people that are highly suggestible to suggestions that they may cluck like a chicken if somebody tells their unconscious mind that that's what they are. But equally, that power of connection with the unconscious mind allows the hypnotist to work extremely well in hypnotherapy and helping people change lots of things they want to change. So wonderful. Hypnosis, I absolutely love both hypnotizing and being hypnotized. It's a wonderful, wonderful experience. It is. Well, I I, I did um, a short course in London uh, three or four years ago now with Richard Bandler and Paul McKenna. Um, so actually with them in person. And I was on stage and Richard Bandler hypnotized me. If you're going to get hypnotized by anybody... <laughs> He's one of the founders of NLP, of course. Yes, so. <laughs> Grinder and Bangler created NLP back in the 70s. I mean, we can talk about them creating it, but actually it's identifying, isn't it? Because I recall sort of as a child, and I was having this conversation with somebody um, only yesterday, how I recognised that my mother was influencing me over tomatoes because I we used to have tomatoes. My dad liked tomatoes and mum would start talking about not liking tomatoes. And I was I was aware of what was happening and I chose not to go down the route of being influenced by my mum's dislike of tomatoes. You know, so we're talking to talk about phobias and being fed, which is where you can go into with hypnotherapy and EFT to, to clear those things and NLP as well. I, I mean, I, I was slightly incorrect saying they created it. What they actually did was model three people and NLP evolved from the modelling that they did. And it still evolves. I mean, there's a guy called David Shepherd in London who is constantly evolving uh, NLP. So it's probably in some aspects different to when I did my training back in 2006. But it's great. I mean, things do evolve. And the, the more we understand and the more we can work with it, and obviously you will see this with your clients, of course, as well. It, it's, it's transformational, isn't it? I mean, it, it just being able to do that, being open-minded enough to explore avenues and not just you, you talked about limiting beliefs i mean people can tell themselves this story keep on telling themselves the same story once they have that story reflected back to them and explained and reframed and they can start to tell themselves a new story then you become that story because i my, i've got one of my favorite phrases that i use life is an illusion of your own creation yeah I, there's there's another favorite of the, that i have is, is until you make the unconscious conscious it will direct your life and you you will call it karma. I use that an awful lot. Yes, 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 I like that. Because, it, well, it will be, won't it? You get out of life what you put in, basically. In fact, what you feed your body with, full stop, whether it's food, what you listen to, what you put on your body, in your body, around your body, and whatever you do with your body, you're feeding it. So it's being mindful of what you feed it. Yeah, absolutely, because the unconscious mind is always, always listening. And it takes orders directly. It doesn't do logic. So basically... Bear in mind what you've just said. We need to be very aware of our own self-talk, for example, because the unconscious will believe what we what it thinks we want, and it will give it back. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. And I trained my mind on that 
many, many, many years ago. So, I mean, I know people talk about, and you forget, you know, once you've actually start to live your life as you do, because you've trained, you've done so much inner work, you've the personal development and stuff like this, you start to forget what has become normal for you isn't, isn't normal for the bulk of the population. <laughs> and, and it's, yeah, you know, yeah, I just think, well, I don't get those negative thoughts. And all that negative thought, those procrastinating and things like that. Do you know what? When you when you eliminate that, and I think that's why I'm able to cram so much stuff into my week because I just do things. I don't second guess them. I mean, I've just been having to choose some photographs that I've had from a professional shoot. That was a little bit different because you're going backwards and forwards. Going, Does that one look like that one? But otherwise, you know, making decisions, it's like, right, do this, do that, do the other. I, I haven't got time to dilly-dally and go, oh, well, no, no, what they think about? No, I'm doing it because I want to do it. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, and it's exactly the, the, the right way. And it's, it's, you know, that makes life so much better for us because we do, okay, if we're not careful, we do hang on to the wrong things in our mind and therefore that delays us doing exactly what you've just said. We start procrastinating and we start worrying. We feed ourselves with negatives instead of reframing it instead of saying, oh dear, I can't get around this. He's actually looking at it and saying, wait, hang on, let's go for that because it's really going to give me what I want. Absolutely. Or, or you know, when things change, you know, oh, well, it's not, well actually, what's that presenting? What opportunity are you getting because that hasn't happened? That's, you know, and it's, it's like when COVID happened, you know, it's like, oh, <laughs> business just stopped. It's like the bottle of wine didn't help. And then I just had to, <laughs> or two, yeah, it's like, no, that's not the answer. What, what, what can I do? And then I suddenly had this sort of rethink and I zapped around, I pivoted. And it was like, oh, my God, this is an opportunity. This is... I, I can't believe this will never happen again. When am I ever going to get permission to, because I've got my recruitment business that I run as well, but I'm never going to get this time, this, this unwritten permission globally that I don't need to do any work in there because no one's doing anything there. I can focus on all these other things. It's just like, holy moly, seize it. <laughs> I've never worked so hard. It's just like, it's just like exciting. I can do this and I can do that. I can do the other. <laughs> COVID was quite kind to me in the second lockdown. Because of what I do, I was allowed to continue uh, seeing clients, albeit in a COVID secure environment. So uh, that, that was quite helpful to me. In that the first one wasn't because everybody was locked down. Uh, but the second one was quite kind to me, so I was quite grateful for that in some respects. wasn't quite like I would like to operate, but at least I could see, still see people who needed help. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, but I think the biggest issue with COVID, apart from obviously, you know, sadly, the people that, you know, have passed away through the illness itself has been the... The way it's been managed, the fear that's been fed into people that is irrational because it's it, you've got to still live your life. I mean, we, we take life into our own hands every time we walk out the front door because you just don't know. And unless you sort of hermetically seal yourself in a box and therefore you do not have a life, and therefore what, what's the point in having it if you're not experiencing? Because I believe we have this experience on life to evolve and experience things and learn and progress and become more enlightened and more wis you know gain more wisdom so if you if you buy into all that fear you're not you've not got a life and that's the issue that's where all this anxiety is coming from i was talking to somebody the other day about um the statistics of anxieties in schools and things like that and it was oh in fact it was one of my coaching clients funny enough she was she'd had a meeting with the school and she in terms of what she does because she's an eft master practitioner amongst other things and what she was doing. anyway without going all to the details of that this school that she'd gone to gave her the statistics of how many students are out of whatever it was are on the verge of if not already self-harming because of the issues brought on 
over the last two years through the lack of friendships because of the COVID and the connect, disconnect and everything like that. And it's, I went, holy moly, it's scary. I mean, and that's where people like yourself kind of can really, really step up and take on because you can help people with all this subconscious work oh absolutely and there are i mean i haven't personally had experiences of of helping people that have been negatively influenced as it were that's not really quite words i'm looking for by covid but uh, i know there are a lot of people out there and one of the challenges that that i face in in the work that i do i have to say is that i know there's a lot of people out there I can help. It's actually getting them to put their hand up and say, can I come and see you? It's getting to the understanding that it's okay to be not okay. And that particularly applies to uh, to men. The highest percentage of my, my clients are female. No, you're right. I think women are far more open-minded to exploring things because it's, that's, you know, we are more in deemed to be more in touch with our emotional side. But yes, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think there are more gradually getting more men being able to feel that they can connect with their emotions but historically because of it's all the pressure isn't it of the, you know, what what is deemed to be a man and masculine and it's just like it's it's society put this pressure on and it's all this you should be this and you should be that and you should be the other and this is where the self-limiting beliefs are pressed onto people it's stepping back and going no this is me i'm allowed to feel my i'm giving myself permission to feel these emotions it's okay to feel these emotions because as we go back to that energy if you block that energy if it's not allowed to flow it creates blockages and blockages create physical and mental issues because it gets blocked i think the other thing as far as chaps are concerned is that they they perceive it being a weakness actually saying well you know i I, i'm struggling with this or i'm struggling with that because they're men and they're supposed to be well you know we're we're supportive we're men we're strong Uh, and it doesn't always work like that uh, I have currently, uh, I've got one male client and another one starting on Tuesday of next week, which I'm very pleased about. I'd like to see more. If more men want to put their hand up and come and see me, that would be great. But I think that the reasons you've just highlighted is absolutely right. And certainly I think that women are much more open to the sorts of things that I do anyway. But, you know, I can help men just as much as I can help women. No, absolutely. And I think the men that do step up and do ask for help and do get clear, they're the, they're the ones that are going to forge the way and hold the torch for other men to follow because it's it's not a weakness. Personal development. I mean, I remember, do you know what? I remember somebody saying to me once, this was a guy actually, um, somebody that I knew, I'd known from earlier days, Gosh, it was I don't know, 10 plus years ago, maybe even 15. I can't remember now. But because that, uh, 17 years ago, I left my ex-husband after at the end of a 20 year relationship, although I'd always been aware of energies and this that, and my, my that sister was into sort of astrology and quantum physics. And so I'd always gravitate towards her bookcase. So I'd always there's always stuff that was of interest, but it wasn't really until I got divorced that I really started to explore more for myself. He said something really derogatory. Oh, sort of something to do with self-help sort of thing. So in such a derogatory tone. And it's like, well, it's all about that. It has to start with the self. You cannot, you have to look after yourself. And people might say that's selfish, but you have to, but you have to, you cannot. It's like if you go to the airlines, they always say, put your own stuff on first before you help anybody else. And it's so, so true. You cannot help anybody if your glass is half empty. It's got to be half full. You know, it's got to be where you're in a position to help other people. I say to clients often, it's important to love yourself. If you don't love yourself, you can't love anybody else. And quite interestingly, 
a lot of uh, people, particularly people with fibromyalgia, for example, who have a lot of pain, if one starts inquiring, uh, you will find that they put everybody else before themselves. They want to do everything else. They go to 100 miles an hour. They're not thinking about themselves. And effectively what happens is the unconscious mind will say, I'm not happy about this, so I'm going to give you some pain to slow you down. So the, the whole concept of, of self-love, self-belief, uh, self-esteem in that context is so vitally important to have it right before you can go out and help anybody else. You have to love and like yourself. But I really feel very, very strongly You're passionate. about passionate. Passionate. Yes. Yeah. Passionate. Yeah, no, exactly. It's so much the, the metaphysical and being, being aware. And I know what I wanted to say. It's not an ego thing to love the self. It's about caring for yourself, giving yourself that time. I mean, I go at a million miles an hour, but then, you know, I do know when to stop as well you know and I, I wasn't very well the week before I don't know myself and my partner had both somehow eaten something or other but it kind of it just floored us but interestingly you know at the time of we're recording this week prior was the back end of the week of the week that the queen had the, you know the queen had died and I think there was this mass energy slump there was just it was a very very strange time and I've spoken to a lot of people who were feeling it. And there's, there's sort of different rules of thumb, well, similar rules of thumb about that sort of whole, that collective energy. And also sort of if you are receptive to energy like you and I are, you know, you kind of a protection goes up. So you don't actually feel that energy, that hurt that a lot of people were feeling because of what it was triggering in so many different ways for so many different people. I want to sort of jump how to into how you went from a sales career into all of this anyway, Mike. <laughs> that, I wondered when that question might occur. I had, I had three significant jobs with, with senior roles. The last one I had was with a company called Vicens Horticulture, who were the producers of Levington Composts. They made me redundant in 1994. And we had the, we went through very quickly the why me scenario and the feedback of it's not you, it's your job. And I thought, well, what am I going to do now? So I had three opportunities available to me. One was to start my own training and personal development company in association with somebody else. And I, and I took that uh, journey. I went on that, did that for 10 years. However, most of my work was uh, within 10 miles of London or abroad. I was flying all over the place, running training programs, personal development programs. And going up and down the motorway on a Monday and, and or a Friday was really not what I wanted. So I thought, well, I'm going to have to do something a little bit different here. What can I do? And I'd always been interested in what made people behave the way they do. I enrolled on my first NLP practitioner course, and it just blew me away. So I did master practitioner. And then I flew out to Australia and certified as a trainer of NLP, hypnosis, and timeline therapy with a fellow called Tad James, who, who actually created uh, timeline therapy. And, and that got me really to where I thought I was going to be, which was to certify people of, in all those disciplines. However, I got an all-singing, all-dancing website, which allowed people to book on courses, but nobody was booking. So I thought, well, perhaps I haven't been marketing this quite right. So I started going to networking meetings. People would say, well, can I come and see you? And so I kind of fell into therapy. Wasn't the initial plan, but that's where I am. And I've been since, uh, well, 2006, 2007 is when I started. So I've been doing it for a few years now. When I did that, then I, I started hypnotizing people more, found I was very good at it, did some more personal development with that. 
So I do past life regression uh, for people if they're interested in past lives and think they've lived before. Um, and I'll do it for groups of people, actually. I once hypnotised 30 people and took them on a journey. Oh, really? Mm. Oh, what, what, on the regressional hypnotherapy? Yeah, yeah. Is it, yeah it's a fascinating experience when you go into oh, well, past life stuff. And I found I was good at hypnosis, so I enjoy hypnosis. Um, and that's that's really what got me into it. So I, I moved from a blue chip environment for over 30 years into helping people change their mind. And I thoroughly enjoy it, I have to say. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Because, yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting, I think, how people's careers sort of change and what, what happens. And sometimes, you know, you know, because of my background in recruitment and because obviously working as a coach myself and the, the two get mixed up a lot of the time as well because I'm, <laughs> I'm talking to people in recruitment, I pull my coaching in and when I've got in, in, in coaching, I pull my recruitment hat on because I can help people. But it's that point of redundancy which people find so fearful. It's, it's, it's a catalyst for change. It's when you shift your perspective around it and understand that it's this, you know, it's time time for you to move on is it a reason for you not being here any longer what is it opening up that that door is closed a bit like I was referring to with COVID that you know that that's and can't do that anymore it's freeing you up what can you do instead where does it take you it opens up you know a vacuum doesn't exist it you know you've got something something has to happen and it makes you sort of move forward in a with a fresh set of eyes like you did and you go oh well, actually this is interesting well, I mean it's a life change for me you know the, the the 10 years or so that I was in, involved with my own training company which was highly successful was very very good to me and I wouldn't have had that opportunity if the redundancy hadn't come along so I took the positive from that I was briefly oh gosh what am I going to do now I, you know I've had guaranteed money and, and uh, salaries rather and so on uh, and there was a risk attached to going on my own but then I looked at the positive and said well yeah hang on a minute what about the benefits if you make a really good job of this which I did and it was financially extremely well rewarding so I thoroughly enjoyed that and it's quite interesting because as I said to you uh, off air a little bit earlier on, I was on Radio Derby a couple of weeks ago, and the presenter said to me, well, how come when you've had all your life, basically as a salesman, you've moved into doing what you're doing now? I said, well, I'm still a salesman. I said, I still need to get clients. I still use the techniques that I know uh, as, as a salesperson. But, you know, a lot of people don't actually understand what selling is all about. I said, look, you don't have to be a salesman per se. But ask yourself, what is selling? It's persuasive communication. So what are you doing every day? You're selling and negotiating with people. It might be your partner. It might be your friends. It might be your mates up the pub. But you are, you are persuading people all the time. You're, you're negotiating all the time, probably unconsciously, because you don't have that label. So I said, you know, I haven't moved out of being a salesman. I've always been one. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, you're obviously having conversations with people. And it's a, I think sometimes it's helping people understand that by taking that step, they're going to transform their lives. And it's how it's helping them see that and being able to convey that for them to believe. But they've got, they've equally so, I think, when you come down to sort of therapies and things like that, it's therapist coaching what have you it's the, the clients have to be ready to act they have to be prepared to put the work in themselves it, it's not just about turning it well that coach didn't do anything for me I was it was quite interesting I was watching something on tv the other day and this person was you know referencing people I think it was doctors or something like that or consultants and people like that previous well they've not you know, they've da, 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 da. and actually the reality was you could see it in whole body language she hadn't they they were telling her what she didn't want to hear she was you could see that this person was had manifested this Ill, illness because it was it was metaphysical. It was she was she was damaging her own skin and 
picking this sort of at her own skin. I think she'd had um, issues with alcohol previously, issues with something else, and she was just transferring that anxiety to it. It was it was different. It was changing, but she wasn't dealing with it. And they were trying to tell her it was in her mind, but she they obviously hadn't handled her in the correct way. But it was you could see it was obvious that it was all it was all in her mind. But where and where that is deep rooted is another matter and even though the person that she was speaking to that was in this program discussed that with her and explained it and she was managing that I was thinking well where is this going to crop up next because if you're not getting to the deep root cause of it and so often it can be rooted in childhood as we know which is probably where your regressional hypnotherapy can really kick in or it could be past life stuff that we travel away well from. actually that's it's interesting you say past life because a guy I did some development work with is he's a hypnotherapist and 80 percent of the work he does with his clients is using past life the premise is that whatever it is they've got they had in the past life and it's now presenting in this life so if you get rid of it in the previous life you'll get rid of it now but interesting i also help people with 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 chronic pain pain where they've been told by the medical profession there's nothing more that we can do for you then i can help them with 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 that as well by helping them access their own unconscious mind and getting the unconscious mind to actually remove that pain because it's not needed. There is a specific process for that. And I do that. And, and that's why I hinted at the fibromyalgia because I've worked with people with fibro uh, and more particularly the pain that goes with it. So there's absolutely no doubt whatsoever that the mind can heal the body. No doubt at all. About absolutely. That. I, I 100% agree with you. There were some books, I can't, I'm just trying to, was it Dr. Eben Alexander? Is that the one that, his hypnotherapy, um, regressional hypnotherapy books? But yes, the whole, that whole thing. And one of the things that you were mentioning about with the, with the quantum field, field you know, like the psychic surgery that people can f- go in and, you know, energetically fix people. And that's, again, is, is fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. So, I mean, right now then, so you're, that is what you, you your focus is. Have you got any other plans to do anything else, or are you sort of happy with where you are at now in your career? What's next for you? I suppose I'm always I'm always looking at what could I do next and and what can I self develop. It's an interesting question. Um, I, I have nothing immediately in front of me in that in that regard, but I am going to talk to somebody this afternoon actually uh, about doing a bit more development on timeline therapy, which I'm I'm already certified to use as a master practitioner and trainer level, but there have been some developments in timeline therapy since I trained in it. And I'm having a chat with somebody this afternoon to see a little bit more of an understanding of what that is. Other than that, no no, no particular personal development plans in terms of what I do, but I'm bobbing off to Spain in a couple of weeks for a week to see a mate of mine that lives out there and play a bit of golf and do a bit of traveling. So Oh, that sounds a bit tough. Yeah, I, oh, I thought so. I thought, well, can I drag myself away? <laughs> someone's away? got to do it. Absolutely. Cool. The timeline therapy sounds interesting. I think when I did my when I did my coach qualification, because uh, we did it with NLP, we did some timeline stuff back then, but it wasn't – there were lots of different modules. We did different bits and bobs, but it's something that I've never actually done huge amounts with. I do so – I, I look at timelines, but not actually that sort of – behind you in front of you timeline where are you feeling it where is the energy you know and going back and doing all the sort of future pacing timeline therapy was actually created by tad james it is an amazing intervention a it's very quick and b but most particularly it's content free so but the key thing is that if you think about for example counseling or um, other interventions such as cbt cognitive behavioral therapy they tend to focus on one event 
and they want to look to help people get closure on that particular event. In the context of counselling, that could take weeks, months, even years. What timeline therapy presupposes is that there is always a first event, and there's always a time 15 minutes before the first event when that didn't exist. So what it does, it takes the client via their unconscious mind, because the unconscious mind knows when that first event is, and it looks at the emotions around the event. Knowing what we know now, it allows the unconscious mind to reframe and release those emotions. So it can preserve what we call the learnings and then come back to now so that the event itself is still there, but the emotions attached to the event have changed and become what we need them to be from a positive perspective. It's very quick intervention and, and can be used for all kinds of different things some of which I highlighted at the top of the conversation. It's amazing. As, as we as we sort of wrap up, I mean, the whole mind thing, once you are aware of it, like you said, you, you take... You take that learning, that that emotion. It's removing the it's removing the experience of the emotion attached to that experience, and looking at it in a different way. No, it, it really is it's so. How, what have you learned through it? You know, how how can you sort of look? We'll come back down to one of my favorite 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 things is reframing. I, I just the power of reframing experiences, situations, and things like that, which is which is ultimately that timeline therapy is reframing it. It's reframing that experience. You know, looking at it in a different way. Well, what were you feeling up to that point, and how did that happen, and what what was the trigger? But okay, well, that happened. So now you can see, and that's again when it's it's with hypnotherapy. I think people think that you know you're going to lose that. Mem- no, you don't lose the memory. You lose that experience around it because you know we could just experience things in a different way. You still got it, and and the EFT that I've done, it, you know, it's it's changes. You would stuff. say to me, what was your most powerful aspect of NLP, I would say it's the NLP communication model, which illustrates to people how the unconscious mind works, what the unconscious filters are, what your internal representation about an event is, how that impacts on your emotion, therefore your behavior, and therefore your results. So effectively, if you're not getting the results you want, change your behavior by changing your emotions, by changing your internal representation or your perception of what's happening. And I give talks on that regularly. So if any of your listeners want to get talk something about something different, give me a shout because it's a fabulous talk. Brilliant. It sounds amazing. Sounds brilliant. Because it's, it is, once you understand that we aren't our behaviour, we aren't our thoughts, words and actions, we can change all those thoughts, words and actions. It, of course, it takes time. It takes practice, but like I said to you before, I'm a Libran. It's, it's about balance, that, that balance. And I wanted to, you know, just to make sure I'm making the right decision. Now I just follow my gut and make a decision. It's been great, Mike. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. And, and going into so much detail and explaining and expressing. So I think I'm sure the people that have been listening will have a much better understanding of all of these sort of therapies, hypnotherapy, you know, timeline therapy and NLP, everything so thank you but how do how do people get in touch with you if they do want to book you here more and the best way to contact me uh, uh, is through my website i guess because my contact details are on there my website is www.fixyourmind.co.uk you can email me at mike at fixyourmind.co.uk uh, or you can telephone me and my contact details my telephone number is actually on my website but it is 07809 333 276 
Fabulous. And are you on LinkedIn as well? Yes, I am. You are, aren't you? Yes, of course you are. Yes, we're connected. We are connected. Fabulous. Thank you so much, Mike. And thank you all for listening. I uh, hope you've enjoyed this episode. I know I have. <laughs> That's all great. I certainly have. Uh, <laughs> it's been fab. It's been really insightful. And I actually want to sit here and talk to Mike about timeline. Anyway, we can't. We've got to finish. We've got to finish, Sarah. Look at your... <laughs> Manage your time, Sarah. Manage your time. Anyway, thank you so much. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do rate review follow subscribe whatever it is that you do let's rack up another hundred yay and um and i say if you want to get in touch with me it's sarahjnaylor.com or you can get me on linkedin or wherever anywhere i'm all over social media so thank you again mike thank you everybody take care until next time Thanks for listening to the Harnessing Happiness podcast with Sarah J. Naylor. If you took value from the content, please follow the show on your podcast app. And to find out more about Sarah's ape mindset, visit sarahjnaylor.com. That's sarahjnaylor.com.